You're hit. You're bleeding, man. I ain't got time to bleed. Oh. Okay. You got time to duck? The big man was killed. You must have wanted it. Its blood was on the leaves. If it bleeds, we can kill it. Dylan! You son of a... I'm scared, Pancho. Bullsh**. You ain't afraid of no man. There's something out there waiting for us. And it ain't no man. You ghost us, motherfucker. I don't care who you are back in the world. You give up position one more time. I'll bleed you real quiet. Leave you here. Got that? My men are not expendable. Run! Go! Get to the chopper! Come on, come on. Kill me, I'm here, kill me! I'm here, kill me! Come on, kill me, I'm here! Come on, do it now, kill me! Welcome to Sweep Delay Podcast. This is your host with the most, Mike McMasinis. How's everybody doing? I'm back from the grave. I know, two weeks, right? It feels like I'm from the grave. What's up, sir? How you doing? Everybody knows who you are. No longer America's co-host, but a host yourself, Mr. Jameson. How's it going, <laughs> sir? Man, I went through all that effort to trademark America's co-host just to lose it. We could just wipe that clean, sir. You're no longer America's co-host. You are now the host. Yeah, I will see. It's, we'll see. You'll be doing a podcast. I'll be doing a podcast. It's like, put one out. Let's see who gets the most numbers. It'll be fun, friendly, uh, you know, competition, I guess. There you go. Good time. So tell the people, sir. Might as well start off the show right. Tell the people how you're a host now, sir. Yeah, I actually uh, got a new podcast that we just started up. Our first episode came out about a week ago. Um and uh, I got a good friend of ours, friend of the show, uh, Jason from over at Flicks and all the film and focus and such. And uh, he and I are doing a, a, a podcast called The Real Films Podcast, Real Films. And it's covering something that he and I both really love. We decided to uh, do a podcast covering documentaries, recommending and uh, re- reviewing documentaries and just kind of talking about something that we're both really passionate about. And it's been a lot of fun so far. Yeah, excellent first episode, man. It was a good time. Thank you. Made me want to go out and... Well, I'm definitely going to go check those out, man. And it's definitely an awesome podcast because it's the complete opposite. We go from host to co-host and co-host to host. (laughs) True enough. It's a whirlwind. But uh, we're back, sir. STL land. Good yeah, time, man, it man. seems like it's been forever since I was on with you. I know, man, but... It's uh, only been a couple weeks, but... Yeah, uh, I don't know what, month and a half, maybe? <laughs> Something like that. Well, no, you weren't on at all for October. Wasn't so. I? Nope, none whatsoever for... Oh, wait, oh, no, I was no on... we did Scream, my fault. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, you was... were there, I'm sorry. <laughs> Come on, man. It was so long ago, I forgot. <laughs> I'm like, I was on something. It's good times. So glad to have you back, sir. And uh, this is my first podcast I've done. I don't know since two days ago when I did the shutter flight. Blowout, huh? It's true, man. Yeah, I, I, I had to just take a couple, you know, days off, and uh, of course I had the itch. But the cool thing is, I, I got two shadowy flight episodes recorded back to back. Sent those off to Jason, so that I feel good about that. And then I did the Underground Hour for Kelly Clarkson, which I've got a lot of. Man, that was your best episode for Underground Hour. That was awesome. I'm like, well, thank you. So good times there. That was a blast. 
So now we're back full-blown two movies this month, Predator yeah. and uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. I mean, me and you kind of talked about, we were kind of joking around about doing Predator, but after I watched it like two weeks ago, I was like, dude, we got to do Predator. And you're like, man, I could do Predator whenever. Anytime. I was like, let's do it in, right, you know, our first time back. And uh, it worked out. And then, of course, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is the perfect Thanksgiving movie. I haven't done it yet. And I definitely got to have you on because if I remember correctly, that's your favorite comedy of all time, sir. Is it or not? It well, is. It is. What? What? Where is this? Where does that rank? I forgot. What did you say? It, it's in the argument for top. It's in the top three. It's, okay. Oh, it's a very liquid thing, but uh, yeah, it is the quintessential Thanksgiving movie. It is a, a tradition at my house for going back for years and years. So uh, we'll talk about that when we get to it. Exactly. I'm looking, looking forward to that one too. Yeah, the movie with the greatest use of the f bomb in the history of film. <laughs> so I can't wait. But sir, uh, before we get into our review of Predator, let's get into some movie and music news, sir. Here we go. All right, so man, I am going to play some catch up with you, man. It's been a while. We haven't talked films, so that's what we're going to do, sir. All right. Since me and you have this running thing of Fast and Furious coverage, we're going to continue that, sir. We're going to start off with that, baby. Looks like both of us were right on this situation. So, um, I had my doubts that Dwayne Johnson was going to be back for Fast 7 because of the whole Hercules thing. And you said, well... He's probably not coming back, and if he does, it's going to be a minor role, blah, 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 blah. We both had, you know, our, our thoughts, and official confirmation came. He finished Hercules, went right over, and started filming. However, you were correct, sir. Here's the deal. First shot from the scene of him filming is him being in a hospital bed. That's right. Take him out. So clearly, gets into a fight with Jason Statham, and as he should, he loses and gets in a hospital bed. So I'm happy he's back. Of course, like you said, it's probably going to be minor, and we know at some point in the movie he gets taken out, more than yep. likely by Jason Statham, right? So, yeah, I'm excited, that's... man. We're both right, dude. We guessed it perfectly. It's a good time. <laughs> We're amazing. I know. I mean, of course, I said, well, I'm going to have my hopes, but it wasn't guaranteed. But now that I officially know, I feel good. I feel complete. But I also uh, was happy to see that you got, you know, you you predicted well. So it's good times. That's right. Now. I was going to see Thor last night, but this little thing called snow came down, and it came down kind of hard, and probably worse for you over in Wisconsin. So I haven't checked it out yet. I'm going to go tomorrow. But, right. but you've checked it out, though, right, sir? I have. Okay, so non-spoiler-ish, mm-hmm. what would you think? I thought it was pretty good. Excellent. I, I, 
without going into too much because I, I am doing my review shortly on, mm-hmm. on Movie Mojo Monthly. Uh, but yeah, I, it, I recommend it. Go check it out. Excellent. Now, uh, there's two after credit sequences and didn't people leave in your theater? <laughs> I was the, yeah, it's funny. I, I saw it on Saturday morning and our theater was probably two thirds full. I, I was there at like 930 in the morning. Theater was like two thirds full. And uh, as soon as the first, you know, credits hit, probably half that theater emptied out immediately as if there was a fire <laughs> and i'm like wow okay i'm just shaking my head at people like i'm not even mad anymore you're just idiots if you don't learn by now so there's the credit scene in the middle of the credits there's a stinger and then after that everyone's like all right i'm out of here and by the time it got to the end of the credits and the final scene i was literally the last person in the theater all by myself wow it's just crazy like i just don't understand you know, you pay the money, you go to the event, but especially Marvel movies, you know that there's stuff. You can't, you can't sit the, the last three minutes. Like, that final three minutes is just killing you. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I mean, it, it wasn't anything, you know, life-changing at the end, but, you know, see it out. I know, man. I'm, I'm excited. And uh, just one quick question. I guess you could say yes or no if you want to answer or not. But I've been under the assumption that this is the true sequel to... Avengers and not Iron Man 3 that it was supposed to have been. This is really the true sequel to Avengers to, to the Avengers. So, um, would you agree with that statement or no? Uh, I think they both play a good. I think Iron Man 3 was more of a capper for the fa- first phase of everything in Marvel. I think this one really kicks off everything going in through Avengers 3. Okay. I think this is kind of like launching the the next wave. Whereas Iron Man three, I thought kind of capped off Avengers, you know, like it, it nicely. But um, I think this one kind of takes it in the new direction that they're going. Okay, excellent. Uh, Man of Steel came out today, sir. Yeah, it did. <laughs> you have a nice story about Bryce <laughs> Ritchie, but I can't wait to pick this up, baby. Four. Yeah, I can't wait to watch it. Four hours of bonus features, man. Um, but what I wanted to talk about was something that I was excited for. Uh, on this weekend, there was a Q&A session with, uh, with the director and Amy Adams, good old Zack Schneider. And it was hosted by Kevin Smith. And he had a really cool jersey and actually had the uh, symbol from the costume actually taken off the costume, put on his jersey. It was custom made. It looked very cool. But they had about an hour interview, random questions and stuff. But the thing that I found to be the most enjoyable because most people wanted to hear about batman and all this other stuff was the ending of man of steel is going to be addressed in the sequel which is something that i wanted to happen and i got confirmation of during this interview and i got pretty excited when i heard that yeah that's pretty cool there's actually a few things that came out this weekend that i was pretty intrigued about with uh with that movie um it is nice that they, they're gonna address that um i also like the fact that they pretty much they pretty much verified that Nightwing is going to make an appearance as they're uh, casting Nightwing right now. Yep. I think that's pretty cool. I also, uh, I don't know if you saw Kevin Smith then after that, um, dropping it at his uh, Hollywood Babylon that he has seen a picture of the Batman costume with Affleck in it. Yep. And went crazy, went all fanboy crazy saying that it's one that we've never seen before. And that's kind of exciting. Yeah. You know, you take it with a grain of salt, but, you know. I'm thinking it's going to be like the uh, around the Arkham Origins type suit. That's kind of been the, you know, that's kind of been the rumor and what everyone would like to see. And that would be cool. Yeah. Um, He says it's not, you know, like the 
the um, what did he call it? The Matrix uh, X Men kind of black leather, you know, black ballistic t- type of uh, costume that we've been seeing lately. Um, so you know, maybe a little black and gray or something cool. Yeah, the uh, on the current you know in Arkham City games, it's uh, black cow and cape, and the symbol is black, and the rest of it's dark gray. Yeah, so I like that. It's dark enough to be not seen in the darkness, but light enough where it looks sweet and light. So I'm excited. It's very cool to hear about how the ending is going to be addressed and how he felt and dealing with that situation and all of the deaths that occurred. Not, mm-hmm. you know, as Zack Schneider put it, not to make fun of Avengers, but nobody really cared about those people, but Superman will in the sequel. And it's like that was kind of people's complaints is, well, why aren't you addressing this? Well, I'm glad to hear that he's heard the. You know what people had to say and whether he was originally planning on doing that or heard people and decided, yeah, let's address it. Either way, I'm excited to see what's going to happen, man. So that was pretty cool in regards to uh, news that happened this weekend. Now, um, some of the recent movies I picked up on DVD, one movie that I was very shocked that I liked was The Conjuring, sir. Um, I usually hate these movies, man. They're usually... usually, uh, just cookie cutter lame you know how it's gonna be but man it was so good dude i was shocked of how much i enjoyed this movie man it was awesome nice um and this is 40 another movie i saw on cable i'm thinking okay kind of sequel to knocked up i like paul rudd you know i'm like maybe it'll be cool and i found myself really enjoying it i was like wow this is kind of funny it's got serious moments and it's not overboard in any way, shape, or form. And you know, I gave it like three and a half stars. It was pretty decent, man. I mean, it's been been out for a long time. But it was one of those movies I was just like, ah, I don't know if I want to check it out. And I finally did. So have you seen both of those movies? Uh, yeah. And uh, this is 40. I didn't dig that much, man. That's the, only, that's the one that I disagree with you on. I, oh, that's I, fine. I was kind of, I don't know. I was kind of bored with it. I really liked the Melissa, Melissa McCarthy scenes. Um, and there were there were some funny parts. I love Paul Rudd, really. Yeah. And uh, there was some good stuff, but I don't know. It just it's a lot of it seemed like I'd already seen it before. Yeah, no, that's cool. I understand. Um, and then Grown Ups too. Uh, it was tell, now tell me about this because I almost grabbed this the other day just out of morbid curiosity. Okay, now you know how I feel about comedies going overboard, right? I hate that crap. And and we right. and we both said how that's my boy is terrible piece of crap half star. I found this movie to be better than the first. Um, Okay. I'll put it this way. There are some gross-out humor scenes, but it's balanced enough to where they – it's tolerable and it's it's actually funny. Uh, My favorite part of the – like Shaquille O'Neal, surprisingly, super funny. I could not believe it. Uh, They have this scene – where they do uh, an 80s throwback party. And we have Oliver Hudson does Indiana Jones. And he looks cool. And you have to kind of guess, who are these people from the 80s, you know? And it's it's awesome. Um, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was funnier than the first. Taylor Lautner from Twilight Movies has so dreamy. amazing backflips and kicks and martial arts he does. He's a total douchebag, idiot, moron. But, man, his flips are great, dude. <laughs> It's awesome. It, I, love, I love that anybody could be a douchebag moron, but dude, he did a pretty sweet flip, so yeah, I'm down with him. I, I have to admit. I mean, of course, you have your typical dumb 
Adam Sandler scene. You know, like the courtroom scene in Big Daddy where everybody calls uh-huh. their dad. You're like, okay, that'll never happen. But uh, Stone Cold was great, man. Stone Cold versus Adam Sandler. Oh, man, it was so funny. So I was going in with, with expectations of a half star, and I gave it three. So, All right. Yeah. It's nothing that's going to change the world. If you like the first one, I think you like this. In my opinion, I still think that Click and Fifty First Dates are his best movie. Those are my two faves. I do love Fifty First Dates. Yeah. Fifty First Dates is my all-time favorite. And I'm I found, a big Wedding Singer fan, too. I found out his new movie is with the director of Wedding Singer and Drew Barrymore. They're working on yep. it now. So I, I'm very excited to see how that movie comes about, sir. So... So, yeah, man, I would say rent it. Don't buy it. Just to see if, you know, because it will be. Speaking of which, on Friday, Black Friday at Walmart, it's going to be 5 bucks, baby. That seems fitting. Yeah. Uh, Arrow's going to be 10 bucks. Um, all the brand new movies that just came out are going to be $10 on Blu-ray. I'm a sucker. I'm going to go. I said Mike, I would... I'm going to send you some money, and you can do the shopping for me. <sighs> Dude, last year, you know, okay, so Walmart opens at 8 o'clock, right? This year, they're doing 6 you might as well cancel Thanksgiving next year. Just open at noon, right? Forget it. It's just crazy sauce. I know, man. But at at 7.56, uh, of course, my job is to get all the video games and movies. My wife gets all the clothes, all the toys and all that stuff. That's our mission. So, I was going to say, do you get anything for the kids? You're right. <laughs> I, hey, I, I get all the crap, you know, all the good stuff, and she gets all the stuff for the kids, you know? <laughs> Hey, hey, girls, you guys wanted an arrow, right? <laughs> hey, they love arrow. But anyways, it was at like three minutes to go, and people pushed into uh, one of the displays and knocked over all the movies and games, and the cops came and confiscated it and took it away. So like half the movies were gone because people were idiots and were fighting over it and trying to peel the plastic off before the three minutes were even hitting. So I hope this year it will be a lot better, sir. See, Mike, I'm I'm only half joking. I might have to send you some money because, see, you're you're wiry. You can get in there between the – you can find the cracks in the crowd and, and get what you need. Dude, I'm me, still, I'm skinny, man. I fit between all those fools, man. Yeah, see, me, I'm too big and burly, man. I, I My only thing is I just have to start putting forearms into people to make room. Right. See, but then that that's when the cops show up, you know? It's true. You get in there. I, okay, I think we got a plan. We'll talk off it. All right, so $50 tip and we're all good, sir. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> All right, some music, sir. I picked up some new CDs, man, and uh, I want to talk about them. Okay. Right. So in the Underground Hour, I'm not sure, sir, if, if you've been posting, but in the Underground Hour group, we've got a whole uh, 80s thing going currently. You know, um, One Hit Wonders, great tunes like Jeremy Jordan, uh, Right oh. Kind of Love. We've been posting that, real stuff. So have you been part of that? Because I know Lisa and Tawana have been. Have you been? I have not. Okay. So... Uh, I have a hard enough time keeping up with the STL stuff. I know, right? It's crazy. But uh, Avril Lavigne's CD finally came out. Uh, I sure did. And I posted the bad girl dude that had Marilyn Manson because I was very interested to see how this turned out. And what were your choice words, sir? You know what? I don't know. What were my choice (laughs) words? Very Uh, meh? uh, Yeah, something like that. Yeah. The overall CD, I think she has two songs that are fast. And if you've heard "Never," um, here's the "Never Growing Up." That's as fast as she gets on this new album. She has a lot of slow tunes, a lot of piano ballads, especially one with her husband. So her slow stuff is really good. "Bad Girl" is probably like her second, like most rocking song, and that one's not even as rocking as I thought it was gonna be. 
I found myself to kind of like it more as I listened to it. I mean, luckily Marilyn Manson is only in the background. He, he never sings, thank God. But I don't know, man. It, it, the overall CD is not the best. I'd probably give it like a seven and a half. It's not my favorite Avril Lavigne CD. I would say maybe go on iTunes, check out some of the tunes, and download certain ones as an overall CD. It's not her best, but I do like the direction she's trying to go of doing some more ballads and piano stuff and, you know, See, take I it down just, a little bit. I'm not an Avril Lavigne fan. I've yeah. never really cared for her. And I checked out that video that you posted, and I think my big issue with her is, like, she has a good voice in certain things that I've heard her in. But, like, in this, in Bad Girl or whatever it was called, yeah, Bad Girl. her voice is so affected, and she puts on such a weird flavor to her voice that's not natural that it just takes me i'm like uh ugh. like it just i i can't stand it when singers i christine aguilera does it sometimes too when you put on the weird affection to your voice that just it doesn't sound natural right and i just i i don't dig it at all no that's cool man that's the only tune she does that too so uh, totally cool man um i finally went out because you know we talk about the you know the applause song from lady gaga because i heard our interview yesterday and i was like man this girl is really down to earth and really cool and really been through a lot of stuff and i was like you know we both said how it's an overproduced song and i can never mm-hmm. understand it so i finally looked up the lyrics i'm like that's what she says i still can't hear it when she sings it but that's <laughs> what she says right i'm finding myself it's climbing in my top 20 list sir uh, where it's going to reach, it'll definitely not get as high as it's supposed to because of the fact it is overproduced. But I do find myself really digging that song more and more as I listen to it. But uh, that's an album I haven't picked up. But I did get um, the new Nickelback CD. I talked about that in the last episode. Not bad. It gets better as you go on. I give that one an 8.5. That was a really good CD. And Nickelback's one of those bands that, hey, we're you know they're great, but now we're going to hate them because they're big. It's like Creed. You know, everybody liked Creed, and once they became too famous, then everybody hate them. It's like, it's, I don't know, if it's, it's a thing where if people are too big, you're supposed to hate them, I guess. I think I can safely say that I've always hated Creed, though. I know, you've always hated I Creed. really don't like Creed. <laughs> it's cool, man. I'm not going to fight you on this one today. I just can't stand that Scott Stapp, man. No, it's cool. But I got the Stone Temple Pilots stuff, man. Yeah. Yeah, good CDs. Well, EP, I should say. Right, yeah. Did, did you pick it up, sir? I haven't picked it up, but I've been I've been finding it online. It was yeah, <laughs> in that dark alley. It, <laughs> it, it was the theme song to last WWE pay per view. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, but I still I have the Katy Perry CD. I haven't checked it out yet. I would still say, uh, female wise, the best CD of the year is Demi Lovato, hands down. That, right. that girl made some quality music. You know, lyrically, musically, just overall package. Selena Gomez, I'd give that number two spot to. Um, and then as far as, like, brand new stuff, Nickelback was the newest CD that came out that I got. But Marshall Mathers came out with a new one, Marshall Mathers 2. Uh, Finally. Have you checked it out, sir? Um, not all of it, because it just came, what, last week? Yeah, last Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've been kind of waiting. I've been hearing and waiting for that thing for, it seemed like, the entire year. Um, it's good to see it finally came out. And the, the things that I've heard, I'm, uh, it's okay. It's yeah. good. Uh, it's not anything revolutionary. or um, It's kind of what I expected. I was hoping to get more than I expected, though. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. So, yeah, man, overall, uh, those are some of the new CDs I got. So, you know, I kind of gave some of those reviews on the prior episodes. 
and I'll pick up some new ones. I'll I'll go ahead and review the Katy Perry CD when I get through that sucker. Hopefully it's as good as I think it's going to be. I know Tawana didn't like it. She said only one song was good. And, but Tawana hates everything, though, right? She's been growing on me more and more. Not Tawana. Tawana <laughs> grew on me instantly. I love Tawana. I know. Uh, Katy Perry has been growing on me more and more. But you've always liked Katy Perry, sir. I have, but like her newest stuff. Like It took me a little while to oh, kind yeah. of get into it. Like Roar? Yeah. The more I listen to it, the more I love it, dude. Yeah, the first time I heard it, you know, I'm like, ah, all right. Like, eh, nothing. Next thing you know, I'm singing it in the car like an idiot. I know, right? It's Tears like, running down my cheeks. It's embarrassing. Yeah, it's great, though. I love it. That music video is phenomenal. It's good times. So, um, I think that's it for movie and music news, sir. I think uh, when we do some playing trains and automobiles, I'll catch up on some more albums. Maybe you have any album reviews recently we could talk about. Um, funny enough, I watched The Chase the other day with Charlie nice. Sheen, the movie we were supposed to do like last year. <laughs> never did. It was great seeing Henry Rollins tear it up, sir. That's my guy. I was just thinking of you the whole time, man. And then, of course... When we get the Red Hot Chili Peppers in there, they're so crazy in that movie, dude. Yeah. Such a fun movie. So, are we ready to talk some Arnold, sir? Oh, I'm so ready. All right, let's talk some Predator, sir. Let's do it. We are rescue team, not assassins. Now, what do we got to do? In a part of the world where there are no rules. We pick up their trail with a chopper, run them down, grab those hostages before anybody knows we were there. What do you mean we? Deep in the jungle, where nothing that lives is safe. You lose it here. You're in a world of hurt. Showtime, Jet. Knock, knock. An elite rescue squad. You're bleeding, man. I ain't got time to bleed. <laughs> is being led by the ultimate warrior. We need the best. That's why you're here. But now... What's got Billy so spooked? There's something out there waiting for us. And it ain't no man. They're up against the ultimate enemy. Holy mother of God. Nothing like it has ever been on Earth before. She says the jungle just came alive and took it. We cannot see it. No blood, no bodies. We hit nothing. But it sees the heat of our bodies and the heat of our fear. Whatever it is out there, it killed Hopper. And now it wants us. It kills for pleasure. Ah! He was skinned alive! It hunts for sport. He's killing us one at a time. We're all gonna die. But this time, it's picked the wrong man to hunt. If it bleeds, we can kill it. Century Fox presents Arnold Schwarzenegger. Predator. The hunt begins Friday, June 12th at theaters everywhere. gonna get arnold on the phone you know i i gave him a call but i don't know he, he found out you were coming on and i don't know 
Yeah. I'm intimidating. Yeah. So, because, you know, normally when I do an Arnold movie, I get Arnold on for a little bit, but there was some issue that we're having. So I can't get him on. So I apologize, people. But maybe another time we'll get him on. We'll see how it goes. So, <laughs> but, uh, Sir Predator, uh, let me just say this, man. Before, before I say anything, this movie is like wine. <laughs> let me explain. This movie is like wine. It gets better with age. When I was a kid, I found this movie to be boring. I didn't really like it too much. What? Yeah. Just, All right. I'll let you finish. Hear me out. And as the years have gone on, it's become better and better. And might I add, the critics who have destroyed this movie have since added it to their best of list, their top 100 best list, which is pretty cool. But this movie is three movies in one. Our number one movie is a bunch of badass dudes that go on a mission. Number two, we got a sci-fi movie. And then number three, at the very end, we get an Arnold movie. That's right. This movie is, like I said, like fine wine. It gets better with age and gets better and better every time I see it. (laughs) I would like to borrow from your analogy. Go ahead, sir. I agree with your analogy that it's like wine. Only for me, it's because for a couple of years... I would watch this movie every night before I went to bed. I would put this in, like, I need something to watch. I'm putting in Predator. So much like a fine wine, this movie I fell asleep to every night for years and years (laughs) and woke up after having some crazy dreams. Kind of similar. This is one of those movies, man. Like, it's funny when I was rewatching it. Because I hadn't I hadn't watched this movie in a couple of years probably, and it just reminded me that I've seen the first like two thirds of this movie probably a hundred times, and I've seen the final third of the movie probably twenty five times. Like I, I used to put this in like I'm gonna watch it, and then pretty much as soon as the whole commando team was dead, that's when I'd fall asleep every night. It's funny. Yeah, good times, man. It's hard to believe this movie came out in '87. And uh, we got directed by John McTiernan, man. Yeah. And we got produced by Joel Silver. And funny enough, kind of, you know, kind of going full circle. This kind of goes coincides with Rocky, man. We talked about Rocky Four, about it's the ultimate '80s movie that most people's minds. And just a random joke about, hey, let's have Rocky fight somebody who's not of this earth after what he went through in Rocky Four. Yeah, they said, like, the only thing, the only person Rocky hasn't fought yet is E.T. <laughs> so, as a joke, there was a script written up by uh, by Mr. Silver, and, uh, you know, they they pitched it to Arnold, and he, a- after he said, you know what, I don't want it with myself, I want it with a bunch of people, it, then it started, you know, everything started changing, and he was like, yeah, I like this much better, you know? And funny enough, you know, the Predator didn't look the way it was supposed to be because we had Mr. Jean-Claude Van Damme, right. uh, you know, whine and complain and eventually <laughs> didn't, uh, you know, he had to, he got fired. And then talked his way right off the movie. Yeah. Kevin Peter Hall, who's seven foot two inches tall. That's a big dude. Ridiculous. Mr. Sasquatch from Harry and Henderson, sir. No. So, I mean, everybody knows what this movie is. I mean, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger is Dutch on a mission to rescue some hostages from guerrilla territory in Central America. But little does he know, he's being hunted by an extraterrestrial life, the Predator. I mean, that, that's that's our movie, sir. So let's get into this, man. All right. 
It's, it's hard to believe, man. I, I know you brought this up and I, I can't remember what episode it was in Movie Mojo, but I know this was on, I believe it's your top. Um, this was our action thing. movies, actually. We, we got a lot of grief for about it actually being a sci-fi movie, but this was my number one action movie. Excellent. Now, you know, part of the thing you guys are talking about Ooh, is number know, two. I'm sorry. I oh, it's okay. Sorry, sorry. You know, at the I was kind of keeping track of some different things because I had a lot of notes here because, you know, you're like, hey, good thing. I fell asleep last night. <laughs> but at, you know, one hour, four minutes, uh, not one hour, one minute, four minutes, uh, one minute, four seconds. We get the introduction to the predator, basically from the ship falls to Earth. Boom. That's it. Done. Now we start with Arnold and the team. So it's like. You get that. I remember you talking about this, how you kind of forget that that happened. Yeah. Because it's not until 18 minutes later into the movie that you get the first Predator vision. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you were just kind of saying how like, oh, yeah, that thing happened early on in the beginning of the movie. Remember talking about that, sir? I do. So let's talk about our team, sir. So we have good old Arnold. What a team, too. Man, dude. Okay. Commando is my favorite Arnold movie just because of the pure fun factor and ridiculousness and stuff. But I would say best movie, like acting wise and everything, has to be this movie and Terminator 2. I mean, this is these those two movies have got in total recall. I guess you could do as like his top three best movies of all this time. This movie's just so quotable though, too. Man. It is, man. And and the funny thing is, this movie doesn't go it's like it all works. It it's not like over the top. It's not there. The one liners are like serious enough to where it fits in this movie. You know, yeah. it's like, okay, we have Carl Weathers who is, you know, Mr. You know, Dylan, who is from good old Rocky Apollo Creed. And let me just say, I love just the intro of these two. I love the power handshake that they do where they're both flexing. Dylan, you son of a boom. <laughs> it's, just, it's so great. It's just so, so much machismo as they grab hands and then all of a sudden it turns into a midair arm wrestling contest. What's like, the matter? CIA got you pushing too many pencils, you know? Oh, so, so good. And you see the vein just yeah. like, it just bulging through their biceps, man. And they do it and it's just so good. And I like right off the bat, you know, um, you have Arnold say how they're a rescue team. They're not assassins. And you you kind of get the idea of okay you guys got to go on a mission and you know you're just like okay we're going to we're going to be going on a crazy ride you know and that's when we get my, one of my favorite scenes you know you're in the helicopter you got the red light going on you got give me some you know going to have some fun tonight and we get the introduction of Mr. Jesse Ventura baby Mr. Right. Mr. Blaine I ain't got time to bleed and uh, Bill Duke, man, uh, Arnold and Bill were in uh, Commando together, so it's pretty cool. We have Arnold and Jesse Ventura, who is in the, ru- the Running Man together, you know. And then uh, my my dude, Billy, Sonny, Billy. Sonny Landham. I love him in Best of the Best, too. Uh, wow. He was phenomenal in that movie. And, every you know, these are the two movies that I associate him in. Fantastic. There's not a single guy I don't like in this movie, dude. You know what's funny is when I when I was younger, and I used to watch this, um, I never could I I just never bought Mac. For some reason, Mac was the guy in the team that I was like, eh, I don't know. And it took it was it was for, I don't know why because he had some great scenes and he's got some uh, some dialogue that stands the test of time. But for some <laughs> reason, when I was a kid, I was, I was like, man, that guy just doesn't fit in for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe it's because he's not. As big and burly as, you know, Carl Weathers and 
and Arnold and stuff, but he's I love him now, though. Yeah, he's off his rocker, man. We'll talk about that a little <laughs> maybe, bit. Maybe it's the maybe it's the uh, razor scene that always just like this guy's weird. Oh, it's awesome. He's weird way before that. So. Why does he keep shaving himself? <laughs> yeah, it's good times. So, um, let's see here. We get uh, let's see. We get the rest of the team, eh? Yeah, you know we okay. The guy that does the joking all the time to try to get Billy to laugh. Um, the guy, who's the guy? Is it Rick? Is it Hawkins that always does all the jokes? Hawkins is Shane Black. Okay, who's the guy that does all the jokes? That's uh, I gosh. Okay, so all what right, name, huh? we have uh, all right. So Anna obviously is the only girl in the movie. We have Jorge, who is the uh, Spanish trans. Wait, let me try to look up all these dudes here. Okay, so we have Mac. Who's Bill Duke? Jesse Ventura, who's Blaine? We have Sonny, who's Billy. We have Shane Black, who's Rick, who is the team's radio operator, technical we expert. Got Poncho. And yeah, Poncho. So, so Poncho's got to be the guy that does the jokes, because I mean he's taken out early on. He does the translating with Anna. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's this guy. So right off the bat, he tells a joke to Billy. It's funny, and Billy doesn't laugh. And you're just like, okay, this is the kind of relationship that these two guys have. And then we have Jesse Ventura right off the bat talking about being a sexual tyrannosaurus. He's <laughs> so good. Man, this guy is amazing, dude. Just everything about Jesse Ventura is great. That that big old chin of his, that big old dimple in it, and just man, he is tough talking. It's true. He one, believes everything he says. There's one thing that uh, I've come to really appreciate in this movie, and that's it. It's three words. Takes its time. Yeah. This movie is very like I don't maybe that's what my problem was as a kid was just like I I don't know it feels like it's moving too slow kind of like with my Rocky you know how I said how eh, it was boring and now I've come to just like wow that movie was phenomenal I can't believe how great it was you know I, I appreciate all the things I didn't appreciate at a younger age and it's like now I'm just like wow these guys take their time they're telling the story they're just you know, doing the pacing and it's just, that's the thing that I've noticed in this movie that now I appreciate of like, wow, takes its time. So do yeah. you, how do you like the pace of this film, sir? Oh, it's perfect, man. Like you say, it is slow. They don't give you the, they don't give you the predator for a while, you know? And even when you do get the predator for the most part, you don't know what's going on either. You know, you have no idea what, what you're looking at. Uh, it's good stuff, man. It makes it, it makes it even better when you finally do get a look at him. It's true. You don't actually see him till 48 minutes into the film. Yeah. It's crazy. Now, um, let's talk about the uh, the vision of the Predator. Uh, you know, how obviously he sees heat. So I really like the look. It's simple and effective. Um, I question it towards the end of the film, which when we get there, we'll talk about it. But overall, how do you like the uh, the vision that they give you for the Predator? I think it's cool, man. And I think um, the vision that the predator, you know, the, the the heat seeking vision that that he has. And I think for the most part, most of the effects in this movie, considering the time and what they were trying to do, you know, the the, the cloaking effect and the heat vision effect and all that. They look good, man. They, 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 they work well. They do, man. I, I honestly don't have a lot of bad things to say about this movie. You know, as we go on, I have a few nitpicks. But overall, effects-wise, I don't really have any any issues, man. They still hold up to this day. And I think that's kind of the powerhouse of this movie, why I kind of gave it the wine analogy, how it, every time I see it, 
gets better and better. And usually these movies are supposed to get worse and worse and worse. Instead, this movie, uh uh-uh. It's like even the critics that trashed this movie are now like, yeah, you know those things I said 20 years ago? Eh, I'm going to take them back and I'm going to add them to my best of list. You know? So it's it's a rare thing to see happen. You right. Know? It's pretty cool. So one of the things that I love, uh, when the guys get to, you know, to do the investigation to kind of look for all these soldiers, one of the things I love is when um, the guy takes the dog tag, I think it's Mac, and he throws the dog tag with his knife over to Dutch. And, the, and then, you know, Arnold grabs it. That's an, I don't know what it is. It's just the way it's shot looks awesome because he just gets it on his knife and he throws it. And it's like the camera follows the dog tag as it's going super fast. And just, I don't know. There's something about that shot that I've always dug the moment I've seen it. All right. It's good times. So speaking of one-liners, sir, one of, uh, I think one of your favorite one-liners is the, I don't care who you are back in the real world. <laughs> I'll ghost you, mother effer. We ghost this mother. <laughs> I'll bleed you real quiet. I'll bleed you. Good times. And then we got to talk about this scene about when they go to, to take on the gorillas. This is like commando for me, man. They they go in and I love the little thing where, you know, they see the wire, you know, and they do the little, they take, they do the sound, grab the guy, bring him down. And then Arnold takes the truck and you have Jesse Ventura like, what the F? I'm just going to lift this truck up. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden it turns into commando times five. They're just shredding people. And normally this scene should be like over the top, like commando, but it works. All the body parts that are flowing everywhere, all the people blowing up, it works. There's something about the way that this is done. I don't know, man. What's your thoughts on the whole them taking out the gorillas? Or? I love it, man. I love it. Okay. So first off, this movie doesn't have the body count that Commando has. This has, I believe, it's 69 casualties in it. Right. And I got to say that 90% of them come right here in like a four-minute span. It's true. It's it's good stuff, though, man. It's it's fun. Everybody gets – what I love about this team, too, is everybody has like their specialty weapon pretty right. much. You know, Shane Hawkins, he has his you know grenade launcher. and you, <laughs> This is the first time you get to see – Jesse Ventura with the minigun. I just remember the first time I saw that, like, what is he holding? Right. You know, it's got that great sound to it. And just, it's cool. You know, it's cool. You, you get shots of everybody just hauling off and unloading it. it. It's a fun scene. Yeah. And I like my, one of my favorite one-liners, stick around is in here. Stick around. And, and then of course it happens. I ain't got time to bleed. Oh, okay. You got time to duck. Oh, <laughs> so good, man. And it's just, this whole sequence is like, I mean, we've kind of building up to this point. We're finally getting some crazy action. But when we do, man, they pull no punches. I, I mean, it started off where the gorilla just took a, one of the hostages, blew his brains out. And you're like, damn, you know. And and then when, the, when they came in, blew all those guys away. And it was awesome. And then, of course, that's when uh, we have Mac who puts, you know, tells it how it is, what's really going on with this mission. And that's when you kind of find out that. Yeah, Dylan kind of is a traitor in a, in a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if he's a traitor so much as he he had an ulterior motive. And you know he knew that the only way that he was going to be able to do what he needed to do was he needed Dutch in his team. You know, obviously, there's a backstory between him and Dutch. You know, Dylan, you know, he has this this team that he knows, you know, he's got a mission. These guys are the guys to do it, but 
you know, they're not just going to do it if you ask them nicely. You know, and you, the thing I like is you get these guys who obviously have been through things together. They, they have this camaraderie about them. You know, they, they use these, you know, cheesy lines, you know, like, hey, man, remember Afghanistan? And, you know, he's like, oh, I'm trying to forget about it. You have no idea what that means, what happened in Afghanistan, who knows, but it just shows that they've been through stuff together and they're, you know, they're battle tested and uh, it's, it's cool, you know, and and that's, that's the one thing I think Jesse Ventura had a lot to do with that Yeah, because he's, you know, he was a legit, he was a Navy SEAL in Vietnam. I think, you know, you have him on set. He's like, no, this is how we would act. This is what we would do. You know? Yeah. I think he brought a lot of legitimacy to that. And so it's cool. And so obviously Dylan was right though, because he got these guys in and they, they cleared out that village of gorillas real pretty easily. You know, it's true. You know, and I like the, you know, when uh, Dutch confronts him, you know, used to be somebody I could trust. And then they give the expendable line. And all I could think of is like, boy, just wait 20 years. And when you're in an expendables movie, <laughs> it was kind of funny. Carl Weathers needs to be in expendables. Right. Expendables three, baby. Looks like you're, uh, I don't know. You lost your campaign there trying to get him in, sir. So we get the, uh, the scorpion scene, which is oh. where, uh, you know, um, Duke sees, that there's a scorpion on um, what's his face? Carl Weathers. I always forget this guy's name. Dylan, but, right? Dylan. Yeah, Dylan. And I like it. He's like, you know, come here, you know, turn around, you know, anytime. And that's when you realize at this point that the predator can now do voices. And this yeah. is kind of where uh, you see what the predator is seeing where he's walking around and you're kind of like, how does this guy even see what he's doing? And then he picks up the the scorpion and then you're like oh okay he's clearly at the place where the guys were just at a few minutes ago but what i really like though is billy gets the joke told to him that he gets and he starts laughing i love this guy's laugh <laughs> i don't know what it is but this guy's laugh is great man it's it's such a you know good joke it's something you obviously don't want to repeat around anybody but it was yeah. so, it was hilarious good times yeah he's got a uh, a belly full of a laugh now the predator sound you, most of the sound effects he makes i can actually recreate the sound effect you want to know how you do it I do. Okay. So, at my, you know, when you take a shower, you know, if you have one of those uh, hose for a shower. Uh, Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Mike, do you take a shower with a hose? Okay. Hear, hear me out here. My shower has where you, you can take the hose from top and, okay. and then you can take it off and then you yep. can like spray around your tub and stuff. So it's one of those kind of, you know, showers. It's not one of those where it's stationary and you can't move it at all. I just pictured you outside with a hose. Oh, okay. (laughs) We call this the shower. Right. No. uh, When, you know, somebody takes a shower and it's like, I don't know, maybe like a half hour later, there's like built up water in the hose. So when I take the the shower head off and I I turn, you know, I, I go to put it down, that sound that the predator makes, that little, you know... I don't the thing with his tongue or whatever. Yeah, that, like clicking sound. Yeah, right? that's the exact sound that comes out of my hose when I do it. And every time it happens, I'm like, oh, the predator. So, Predators here. Yeah, so that's I, I'm like, oh, well, that's clearly how they made that sound effect, you know. So it's I, I can read. <laughs> I want to go take a shower tonight. I showered this morning. I'm gonna shower tonight just so I can see if that works. Do you do you have a hose that it can move? I do have one of those detachable. Not yeah. Excellent. So. Listen for it. Make sure it's real quiet. And after you take a shower, give it like 20 minutes. Make sure the water's still built up in there. And then, and take... then I'm going to scream, predators in the shower. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> you jerk. Oh, my God, predator in the shower. <laughs> Who uh, knows? He could be. He's invisible. I, I don't know. He's not in there. It's cool. Now, what I uh, what I really like 
is uh, when they set up Billy, you know, Billy has a nose for things. And it's kind of cool because you they set up Billy as a man with no fear, you know, and of course that'll pay off later. But it's cool when he's like, I don't know, sir. You know, you know how he has a nose for these things because they're like, what's wrong with Billy? You know, and right. it's starting to build up. You know, you're starting to get the personality of the team and stuff. But like I said, they're taking their time, man. I mean, the first death scene with this team is like almost 50 minutes into the movie. It's ridiculous. And you know what? I love Billy. And I realized a while back that I'm just a sucker when you get these these movies like this, when you have like teams or whatever. Yeah. I'm always a sucker for the guy who's the tracker. You know, who like Billy, who can just track things. And I'm always like, that's so cool. It's probably just because I wish I could do that. <laughs> you know? I was like, oh, that guy's cool. He, you know, he always goes ahead and scouts out and comes back. It's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah, I love the lingo that they all say to each other just about how, you know, it just disappeared, sir. You know, it's like, uh, how can this? I don't know. Just all the things they say, they're so subtle, but they work. It, it makes it feel real. You know, it makes you yep. feel like... This movie is actually, I don't know, like you're not watching a movie. It feels like you're watching real guys on a mission. You kind of forget about what happened earlier on, you know, and it's just like, it's so cool. Just the way the lingo is, the dialogue. I mean, typically in our own movie, it's just one-liners and not to be taken serious. This is a legitimate movie, you know. It's actually a movie that you can take Arnold seriously in, you know. I mean, Terminator 2 is a phenomenal epic movie. It's not really... You know, you don't really think of Arnold. You just think of that movie is just epic. It's crazy. Kind of like Predator. It has that stigma of just like being an excellent movie. And you don't really think about it being an Arnold movie because it's not the one liners work. You know what? You know what I'm trying to say here, sir? Yeah, yeah. It's good times. But yeah, it's at the 42 uh, minute mark that we get our first death. And oh, and it's the worst death. They don't need they. I love it, though, because they don't show it. You know, this yeah, is when, that's the when always Haw- bothered me. When Hawkins gets killed. But this is what we talked about, sir, on Scream, is using your imagination. And that's what you get in this. So I thought you would be excited with this scene because of the fact you have to use your imagination. Like, whoa, they're talking about how can a man be torn apart like this? I mean, it's awesome, sir. It just comes. I don't know. What? It drives me nuts. As in. Uh, you don't like it or like, no, 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 no. would have seen it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just because I do like, I'm kind of torn. Cause I do like the, you know, the, that you don't see it. But then part of me is like, because then when you do see, you know, a few minutes later, when, when you do see, uh, Blaine get it, it's like, ah, oh, come on. Like that one <laughs> drives me. That one's even worse. I think because it's just. I don't know. I, I I guess to be fair, I mean they the death scenes of the guys are pretty brutal, and we'll get there as we as we go on. But it just it's a nice suspenseful moment, you know. It's the it's our first death, and it kind the reaction. Of, I think the reaction is better than anything though when they go and see what's left of him. I guess. Yeah. You know, you're like what? Because at first, it really doesn't show anything. You just see the reaction on the face, like, well, what are they looking at? Like. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. I mean, it's it's good. Now, I th- I think my one of my favorite scenes is when they just tear up the forest. You know, this oh, is, that's so good. When Jesse, you know, he gets hit. He's like, "Come out, you little effer!" And it turns out to be just like what a little raccoon or something. Yeah, yeah, it's a, a marmot. And, and that's when you see the first shot of the predator, and you're like, you hear it, and you're like, "What just happened?" And then his chest explodes. You know, yeah. so the first one, I have no idea where that hit. I assume it hit him. But they don't show it. You just hear the sound and him turn around. 
So did the first shot make contact? You've seen this a hundred times. You should know. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> okay. I think it was. I think it was more of a distraction thing, kind of like they did when they went to the gorilla village. Yeah. Okay. You get the distraction, and then, wham, and just boom, a chest explodes. Man, they tear up this force, and all I could think of is, did you guys use up all your ammunition for this? That's always been that was that's always been my thought with that because, you know, here comes Mac. He unloads, runs out of ammo, so he picks up the minigun. And runs that minigun until there is nothing left in it. And it's a great effect when they show the shot from behind. Yeah. As all of them are opening up with their weapons, grenade launchers, everything. And you just see the trees just falling. The forest is just falling down. I love the grenade launcher. So good. It's so over the top, but yet it works, you know? He's just, just firing them out there randomly. Like, I don't know where I'm shooting. I love Boom. it, though. they Because they trust each other enough to know if somebody's shooting... You blow, you blow everything away. You know that's just the way these guys are, and it's awesome. You know, it, well, and the thing is, is, is this one? This is when Mac kind of get a, gets a glimpse of him, right? Right. That's the thing I really like is, is because for the first time, you these guys realize what they're kind of what they're up against. You know, they they figure we can beat anyone if it bleeds, we can kill it, right? Right, right. And but all of a sudden, Mac's going. He's not saying. It's a guy. He's like, I don't know what that was. You know, and they're like, well, who was it? You know, who was it? Like, I don't have no idea what that was. This is something we have no idea what it is. You know, and that's, I always like that moment when it's like, holy crap, dude, this might be something more than we're expecting. Yeah. What I really dig the most, though, out of this scene is after uh, everything's been done and, and Duke is just, I mean, he's just jacked up. And the thing that puts him back in the place is when he hears the word sergeant. It's, mm-hmm. it's like an instant, like, almost like he got slapped in the face. It's the only thing that brings him back to reality. Sergeant, you know? I like that. It's, I don't know. Wait, there's, he's a major, isn't he? What? He's a major, isn't he? Yeah. No, it, no. It's, um, Duke says, uh, or Dutch says, Sergeant. And, oh. And that's what brings him back to reality. It's just. Gotcha. Yeah, it's good times. Um, let's talk about something we haven't talked about, and that's the score. Uh, this comes right off the back to the, you know, the guy that did back to the future. This was his second movie and I could definitely hear, uh, kind of back to the future. Um, kind of like Danny Elfman has that kind of where you mm-hmm. can tell it's Danny Elfman. I love this score. It works so good, dude. Yeah. What do you think yeah, of the score? I overall, agree. man? Yeah, I agree. I think one of the, one of my favorite parts of the score was during the scene where, uh, we have Duke, you know, talking to Jesse James, you know, just looking up at the stars and just the melody that's played there. So sweet. I'm just like, wow, I didn't realize how good of a scene this is. And most of these action movies wouldn't have a touching scene like this of just, man, I miss you and remember our times together. It's just it's something that most movies today would have cut out. They're like, ah, this is crap. Let's just let's you know, we got to make this a shorter movie. But they took their time, like I said. And a scene like this is very effective, and it really shows you the friendship that they had and stuff. I don't know. I, it's one of my favorite uh, parts of the score, and one of my favorite scenes is just overall him, you know, I'm going to get him for you, bro, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's good times. Um, so at the 53-minute uh, mark is the first time we get to see the actual look of the Predator. This is when he finally he takes down his, his uh, cloak. Yep. Because he's been wounded, obviously, from the yep. forest. 
And, uh, of course, he kind of patches himself up a little bit. And then we get the scream, which Anna, which I know we haven't talked about her, uh, she, you know, she's basically somebody who's not speaking English. But, you know, Arnold, he knows better. He knows something's up, but he's going to wait for the right time. And uh, they kind of keep her prisoner for a little while. And then eventually, you know, he realized she's being hunted as well. But the thing is, something that the, the later movies are definitely going to play upon is they there's one line that they call out how... He didn't attack you because you didn't have a gun. It's a game. Right. And they'll they'll play with that more in Alien vs. Predator. But, you know, not thinking any of the sequels, it's kind of a line that gives you the motive of the Predator, but you can kind of miss it because it's said so fast. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's one that that um, I, I remember, uh, like, my first time I watched it thinking, okay, so uh, why don't you guys all drop your weapons then? Like, if, they, if, they, if that's what you think... Like, oh, if we don't have weapons, he won't kill us. Like, drop the guns then. How about that? Get get to the chopper. You know, but you know these guys ain't dropping weapons. Right. They're not you know, that's they're not, born not to. in their MO. Exactly. Get to the chopper. <laughs> he says it twice, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, he does. Um, but I love the line, you know, BS, you ain't afraid of no man. You know, and just Billy just like this ain't no man. It's just, oh, it's so good, man. It really, it sets up Billy to be more of a badass than he really is. You know, just simple lines like that. You ain't afraid of no man, you know, mm -hmm. just the way his attitude is. And, and I love the fact of how various people, uh, we see their death scene, but like the first guy and Billy, we don't, you know, it's like they decided, okay, we're going to show this guy, but we're not going to show this guy. And there's something about not showing Billy's death that makes it more, um, I don't know, more climatic or like a, a martyr or something. I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, well, because I, he I does, like that. You know, he stands there, he pulls out his machete and it's kind of like, let's do this, you know, <laughs> come and get me type of thing. You know, whereas Mac, his is pretty graphic. Yeah. You know, Mac just gets his head blown off. <laughs> and they, they show it too. <laughs> you know, one of the things I noticed is that the nighttime scenes, you know, like when they're, they kind of realize it's all set up. Well, I guess they don't realize about the trees until Matt kills that uh, pig. But that nighttime scene is very dark, very dark. And most of these movies are lit up, you know, where you can really see everything. I thought that was kind of a bold choice to make it almost as dark to where you can't see anything in the movie for a few scenes. That's true, and that's something that they went back to, I think, in Alien vs. Predator 2 and decided to make the entire movie that dark. Yeah. <laughs> I hate. That's the thing, though. I love it in this movie, and I hate it in that movie. Because that movie's garbage. It is. It's a piece of trash, man. But you're right. That movie is beyond dark. I mean, you could, like— That was just a cover-up for just having nothing to do. Exactly. But there, there's a there's a style that's done with the darkness here. I mean, there's obviously light to where you can see what's going on, but they, they obviously want to make it a mystery of like, oh, they're actually going to get the Predator. But there's one thing that I've never liked. Uh, it's one of my nitpicks is when they finally catch the Predator in the net, the sound that it makes makes him sound like a sissy. I've never yeah, liked it. Yeah, it is kind of – well, it's, kind of, it's at first it sounds like they caught a pig or something. Yeah. It's like, oh, we caught a second pig. You yeah, know? it's like this weird squeal. Yeah, and but clearly you know it's the predator because it breaks free, and that's when you get the, you know, the death. Uh, I believe this is where. Um, well, Matt goes chasing after him. Yeah, Matt goes chasing after him, and that's when uh, he'll eventually meet his demise. And man, 
when he gets shot in the head and the blood goes all over the screen, ridiculous. But yeah, because you get the you get the vantage point. You're behind Max's head. You see the he sees the target on his head, but you don't know where it's coming from. And then you get the vantage point from behind his head as everything blows onto the camera. Just, yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I think my favorite line from Dylan is about when uh, she's trying to explain what's going on. Anna's trying to explain what's going on. I believe that. Is it e- Anna or Eva? I, f- I forgot. I'm sorry. Uh, it's Anna, isn't it? Okay. Yeah. But he's like, you mean we're being checked by an effing lizard? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Dylan is the only unlikable guy. I don't know what it is, but when he died, I didn't care. It's like, dude, his arm got blown off. That looks awesome. But he's the only guy I didn't care about, which is, I don't know if that, if you're supposed to feel that way, but that's how I felt. No, I think, I think that's fair. I mean, and it's hard because I love Carl Weathers. Love him. I do. Me too. And even now, you know, even rewatching it again and again, you do it. They build him to be kind of unlikable because he is the guy who's basically using these guys and getting them killed. For his own personal reasons. Right, exactly. And, um, you know, of course, Arnold uh, has that great line, if it bleeds, you know, if it bleeds, we can kill it. I love it. It's great. But I think one of the most vicious things that happens is when, uh, uh, what's his name, gets hit by the log. It breaks every rib in his body. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was brutal, dude. I mean, that's that's worse than death. I mean, at that <laughs> point, at that point, you wish you were dead. You know what I mean? Because yep. you have got to be in the worst pain imaginable. The way that log hits him, oh man, I cringe every single time <laughs> I see that scene. Man, it's crazy. Uh, but this is this is at the point at the one hour and sixteen minute mark where it now becomes an Arnold movie, and that's kind of brave, man. You know, Arnold's the I don't know if he's the king yet at this moment in time. I think he hit that at a Terminator too, but I, it's yeah. Just, but this is—he's—he this—this was his year, I think, where he just started churning them out. Yeah. You know, 1987. You get this is this is because I mean this. I think if I remember right, this was the first Arnold movie I remember seeing. You'd be like, this guy's crazy, right? You know, there's this Running Man at the same time. Yeah. I love Running Man. It's so good. That's okay. We got Running Man. Yeah, heck yes, yeah, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I love it, man. It now becomes, you know, an Arnold movie. And this is crazy, man. The, here's the one of my only my other nitpicks that I have. It's nothing, uh, nothing major, nothing that will make me drop any stars or anything. But it's just kind of like this movie is very smart. You know, it takes its time, builds the characters. It definitely knows it's not talking to a dumb audience. So... When he finally figures out that he's camouflaged, mm-hmm. he tells the audience he didn't see me. <laughs> I felt that was very unneeded. I really wish that would have been cut. Just like take the piece of mud, look at it, and then cut the scene. You know what right. I mean? I just It's a nitpick, but it, it just feels like, okay, we have to dumb it down for the audience. When you haven't been dumbing it down for the past hour and 17 minutes, and now you kind of give this line. Most people, eh, it's not, they're not going to care. But it's, you know, me and you, we have that thing where it's like, uh, most people aren't going to care, but I'm going to bring it up anyways. So I don't know. How, how, I, do, how do you feel? I hear about, you. Yeah. How do you feel yeah, about yeah. that? I, I agree. I mean, it, it is because, you know, it's kind of telling you something that you should know. You should see it and be like, well, why didn't he see him? Oh, OK. You know, and there's a there's a better way of doing that. Kind of similarly around the same time is the one scene that always bothers me is 
here you're watching the Predator just destroy people. Right. And Arnold gets hit by the Predator, and it's basically just a flesh wound to him. <laughs> you know? He gets blasted in the arm, and it's like, shake it off. Like, he's blowing open chests and blowing heads apart. <laughs> but he hits you with the same weapon, and it's like, oh, man, that's going to sting. That always <laughs> drives me nuts. I don't know why. Oh, that's that's awesome. Because I'm exactly, I have the same problem <laughs> at that same point where I'm just like, Okay, obviously the movie would be over at this point in time, but why do you get off so easy? You know what yeah, I mean? Like, well, we can't have him totally. I mean, he's got to get hit, but, it, I mean, it can't be too much. But kind of kind of skipping a little bit forward, and then we'll go back. It's worse later. I love the fact that the water shorted him out, right? So, so you have to see him, which is totally cool. I dig it. It makes perfect sense for the story. Yep. And, uh, you know, Arnold, you know, after he's fighting him, and he puts him against the wall, and he's looking at his face. At that point in time, he should have snapped his neck. Right. No, I'm just going to go over here. I'm going to take off my mask. <laughs> Why the hell does he do that? That makes no sense. Can you explain that one to me, sir? No. No? I can't. <laughs> you, you got nothing? No. It doesn't make any sense. Come on. You've seen this a hundred times. You should yeah, know. Yeah, I know, but it doesn't, make, doesn't mean it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but... I, I'll tell you, man, I love this. This is like Commando all over again after he figures out the mud and he's. we get the nice little montage of him setting stuff up. Yeah. And even this takes its time, just crawling up the trees and just trying to figure stuff out. But my favorite part of this, man, has got to be the greatest scream that has ever happened <laughs> in cinema. Oh, man. If I could play that right now, I would, but I would blow people's ears off with that scream, dude. I know I know a good way of making that scream. All okay. right, if you, ha- if you have a hose. All right. No, just kidding. I'm sorry. I'm still stuck on this uh, shower hose thing. I want to try this tonight. <laughs> it, it'll work, sir. I promise. Trust can't me. Wait. And if not, I'll record the sound effect for you. Like, I'll say, okay, here you go, you know, and I'll prove it to you that it actually works. I so. just showered 20 minutes ago. We're going to do this. It's true. Um, but, yeah, that that's that scream is just mind-blowing. It's awesome. Now, cool. so uh, it's cool that the Predator takes the mask off, which we have no idea why he does it, but he looks cool. But here's what I got to talk about. Now, I mentioned earlier I, I really like the way that the vision is. It's cool. But – I still don't get how he sees all the crap around him. I mean, they even said that the guy in the suit didn't see anything and he rehearsed where he was supposed to walk and stuff and would actually hit Arnold a few times. But just in the movie sense, how does he see things? Because it looks like he can only see Arnold. That's it. Well, I mean, I I remember reading something about this online, kind of talking about, and they said something about how the Predator – I don't remember if it was in deleted scenes or in something else that the, that the predator has different types of vision that it can use. Okay. That it has the heat vision that you see and that it, it has a vision where it can, you know, see metal. So it can see that who's carrying a weapon and who's not, how else is it going to sense whether you have a weapon or not? Right. Right. And so supposedly it has, it has a thermal vision and infrared vision or whatever, but it has other different vision modes that it can use so you assume that one of them is just kind of like i can see because it sees trip wires you know it sees all these little traps that are laid out <laughs> you know, you're not going to see that with just heat vision so obviously i don't know if there was a scene shot with that or if it's just something that they came out with afterwards like oh by the way he can see whatever or more than likely 
because the budget on this was not very high. It was only 15 million. I mean, back then, I mean, yeah, 15 million was a lot, but not like blockbuster. You know, yeah. at that it was probably like 30 million. So probably budgetary reasons. They, you know, they had a hard enough time doing the prior vision as is because they had to use two different lenses and stuff. I'm okay with it. It's a, it's an easy forgive. But I'm just saying in the aspect of the story, I've always yep. wondered, like, well, it looks like he would have a hard time seeing, but yet he can cut trees down as he's walking, <laughs> you know, and then he clearly sees the spikes. And, I mean, I love when he's like, come on, kill me, kill me now. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, Arnold, Classic Arnold, man. so good, man. Get to the chopper, kill me now. I mean, this movie has so many one-liners that when I listen on YouTube and I check out the crank calls of Arnold, nine, <laughs> 95% of them all take uh dialogue from the predator and, and use it it's it's awesome this is classic arnold man when you get to this when you get to this point of the movie i mean it ramps up man it's mano a mano how is arnold gonna beat the predator man i mean i this this always gets me fired up um and right here why don't we talk about this we, we haven't even talked about it yet the look of the predator right let's do so, it is there i don't know if i can think of a better alien bad guy look than this the first time you see it and the two different looks right the mask on the mask off right exactly. are two, two very different looks but dude it is awesome i mean it is effective there's so much going on you know it's just it's a real cool design of it you know yeah stan winston man i mean yeah that he created so many iconic things that we see today I've always thought the alien was really crazy looking, but the predator, you're right, man. Just, I think the dreads really yeah. help sell the look. And I mean, we have the classic, you're one ugly mother, you know, that's mm-hmm. that classic line. And then, uh, of course they use it terribly in the sequel, but we won't talk about that. Um, you're right, man. The look is fantastic. I mean, just think about it. Let's say Van Damme was in fact supposed <laughs> to do this, right? I mean, Van Damme is not seven feet tall and, right. you know, and uh, this guy just, he moves, you know, they wanted Van Damme because uh, he wanted kind of like a agile movement. Right. But this guy works, man. He's, he's like, you know, you've seen the Friday the 13th uh, remake, right? The 2009 one? I have. Yes. Okay. That Jason, badass. That guy is fast. Yeah. He, he, he's like. He just takes three steps and he's there. He's got an axe in your head. That's exactly like <laughs> this guy. This guy's legs are so big that he just takes three steps and boom, he's already caught up to Arnold. You know, it's just he's so big and he just he works, man. He's like the huge. The only thing Rob Zombie ever did good is getting a huge Michael Myers. This guy just works, man. Uh, the look is fantastic. Yeah, I think. I mean, it's I so think real. I think that is what spawned all the the sequels in this franchise, if, if the look hadn't worked, if the look hadn't been as cool as it was, as unique as it was, first off, you're going up against Arnold. So you have to have something that is intimidating. That is larger than life, right? Right. To go up against Arnold and, and then to spawn all these sequels, to make it something so huge that, you know, it, it is based on just how badass the look is, you know? Yeah. And the, and you can do so much with it. That's the thing that they've done to varying degrees of, of success with it, of, you know, what the Predator can do, you know, because they didn't really 
there's it's not like they really explained anything in this movie like well this is what the predator can do and these are his powers and this is whatever so you can kind of go well what else could that guy do you know right exactly and, and that is cool and that i think this is one of my favorite uh i don't know movie villains or or uh, you know however you want to put it just on the screen you it just pops like holy cow that looks scary yeah that's a good choice man i mean just when his face open because he takes the mask off and you're like that's the look and then he opens his mouth and you're like oh there's more <laughs> yeah. you know it's fantastic for sure um man so good you know one of my favorite stories in comic books it, ultimate like top three is batman versus predator it's a fan yeah fantastic comic book it's batman taking on predator not knowing what this guy can do and and uh i believe it's issue two at the very end he's jacked up he's he's got cuts his face is like half falling off and then he uh he gets this big huge metal suit that he could take on the predator in issue three and it's like the coolest look you've ever seen batman have and it's like, I love that story because it's like even, you know, it's like doing this movie all over again, but with Batman in it, it's just, it's a fantastic story. I highly recommend anybody, if you really like the Predator, check out the Dark Horse comic because Dark Horse, you know, they don't mess around in those comics. Yeah. But it's a fantastic story. But you're right, man. The look is A+, plus, 10 out of 10. It's phenomenal. I mean, it's still scary to this day. Had had you never seen this movie, first time ever, you'd be like, that, that rakes up to the best of them. Yeah. You know? Now, the ending here. So let me understand this. So obviously, Predator comes and he wants to he wants to hunt. That's his game, right? Right. So has has he decided because he's got a log on him, he's lost. So he's a sorry he's a sorry loser. So, he, <laughs> yeah. so he's gonna kill himself. Is that what you're supposed to get out of this ending? Outside of the fact it looks cool, his laugh is amazing. And it has the fastest countdown I've ever seen in my life. Uh, what's your thoughts on this suicide, sir? Yeah, I kind of think it's kind of like um, I always assumed it was kind of like um, um, how do I want to put this? Kind of like a samurai with the honor code. Okay. Like if I've been bested, then I can't go back home. You know, if I've been bested, then it's better to just fall on my sword. Um, kind of that kind of thing. Okay. That, that makes sense. Yeah. That's always what I assumed it was like, Oh, like I'm the ultimate hunter. I found something that I can't beat. I might as well just die. Right. Cause because- that's all I'm, that's all I'm here for. I'm a predator. I'm a hunter. If I find something that hunts me, that can hunt me, then what's the point of being here? Right. Gotcha. Because, uh, Arnold says, what the hell are you? And he's like, what the hell are you? And that's when he decides right. to kill himself. So yeah, it makes perfect sense. I, I've always gone with it, but I've always questioned his motives. I was always like, well, is he just a sore loser? Or uh, as I was thinking, like, as you were saying, maybe he knew Arnold was better. So yeah, that, that works, man. It's a good time. So, um, rating, sir, on this movie, man. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is the easy part. <laughs> go, you do the honors, sir. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, this is easy, man. I mean, I, I I talked about this when when we reviewed it over on Mojo, and um, this is my favorite Arnold movie, and this is this is uh, in my top two favorite. I called it action movies. It's both. It's action sci-fi, but um, I, I give it five stars, dude. Like I said, I could watch this at any. I could talk about Predator anytime. This movie holds up well. You know, it is great. So easy five stars. Excellent. Good times, man. Um, you know, I I was really like. You know, 
I can't find anything wrong with this movie. I have like three nitpicks, which mm-hmm. I, I think I pointed all three out, maybe two. But the other one was just like, you know, and it's more questions than anything. Uh, but the nitpicks themselves couldn't really take anything down. It was just more questions than anything. Mm-hmm. But I was like, okay, so Terminator 2 is this epic movie. And in most people's eyes, it's the it's the greatest Arnold movie ever. And I was like, does this hold up to Terminator status? The way I look at it is it's a different movie. You know, very rarely do I get three movies in one and every part of the story works. This is a fantastic film. I have to go along with you, sir. I really, I was like, okay, I can't go any higher than four and a half. Why not? Uh, I don't know. (laughs) You know, I'm like, okay, I'm trying to throw these random things of, okay, well, uh, why can't you give it five stars? Oh, well, because of the fact of he didn't snap Arnold's neck. Oh, you mean because the movie would have been over? Okay. Uh, He sounded like a sissy when he got in the net. Well, does that really make you drop your star rating because he had a bad sound effect? Uh, not really, you know. And so all these little things, and then of course talking them through with you makes perfect sense. I love every character in this movie, even Dylan, who I mean has huge credibility from all the Rocky movies. Yep. He's still, even though he's, I still like the guy, even though he's a douchebag, you know, at <laughs> times. So I'm with you, sir. Five stars. So you know what I, you know what I love too is I was reading a little stuff on this. And, uh, you know, Shane Black is in this movie, who who I think you and I both love, right? Yeah, I mean, that's the guy that does all the Lethal Weapon. All the Lethal Weapons. And I love that during this filming, he would sit in his trailer in his downtime, and he wrote uh, The Last Boy Scout. Uh-huh. Sitting in his trailer. Awesome. You know, you can see, I think, you can really see a lot of the influence that John McTiernan, who is another phenomenal director, right? Mr. Die, Die Hard, Hard. Right. I think you can... I th- think you can really see the influence that he had on Shane Black in some of the things that he did. You know, you, I can just see him sitting there watching him like, oh, man, this is great. You know, really young guy and just kind of coming up with the last Boy Scout while you're sitting on the set of Predator. How great is that? That's awesome, man. Can't go wrong there. No. Good times, man. So I think that's it for our review, sir. So uh, why don't we go ahead and uh, hear what the STL Nation has to say to us, sir? Excellent. All right, so we have one email, sir. All right. I'm disappointed in STL Nation, man. I mean, even time traveling Peter always writes in, sir. And he, he, I don't know, man. I put the note out. I was like, hey, people need to write in. What's the deal? So, oh, I'm disappointed I, in all of you. I know. I want I, everyone to take a long look in the mirror and think about the disappointment that Mike and I have right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, oh, what do you know? And his email just came in. Okay. Oh, boy. Good good job. Good job. All the, right. The guy, he spans all time and space, man. I know, right? Okay, so the first one I got was from Hurricane Andrew. All right. So here's what he had to say. Dear Mike, happy to hear you're doing an episode on one of my favorite movies of all time. I go back and forth between this and Terminator 2 as my favorite Arnold movie of all time, which 
Dude, that's that's awesome. Can't go wrong with those can't, two. Can't go wrong. This might actually be the greatest compilation of classic one-liners in a single movie ever. <laughs> can't argue with that, sir. No. Aside from the Predator's point of view vision, the film holds up remarkably well. The Predator looks really good and believable. The, the fact is I love every single thing about this movie. I don't know if you're planning on reviewing any of the other Predator films, but if you do, it's all downhill from here. Yeah. And this is easily... The best one, a perfect five stars for me. I would have loved to see Predator versus Rambo, but this is just <laughs> one of the many of my fantasy film dreams that will never be made. Oh well, Hurricane Andrew. So thank you, sir. He brings up a point though that real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I don't know if there's a franchise that falls off faster than this. That you know, from here to Predator Two, I really wanted to love Predator Two, and I remember watching it so many times really wanted to like it and just like man it just it's not there the magic isn't there and then you know you hear alien versus predator and you avp too and then you get that and then you get predators with adrian brody yeah and topher grace i don't know if there's a franchise that got rode into the ground faster and just improved that there's a magic in arnold versus the predator exactly you know, for a long time, I tried to convince myself that I liked part two better because I'm like, oh, <laughs> this has more action in it. Because I'm contrarian Masutis. Right. You know, <laughs> I'm like, as a kid, I'm just like, oh, I like this better. It's got more scenes of the Predator. It takes place in the city and he only kills bad guys. He doesn't kill good guys. And I'm just like, and Gary Busey's in here, Uncle Red. And then, and then I watch this movie and I'm like, what the hell are you thinking? <laughs> You know? That would be truly, I think I might be upset with you if you came on here. You're like, Predator 2 is way better than the first one. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just, no. I would have to shoot myself, sir. <laughs> oh, good times. All right, sir. Our final email, Time Traveling Peter. Here we go. All right. Greetings, Masunis, Jameson, and the STL Nation. I hope you guys had a good couple weeks off. Now, about Predator, which we did, sir. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. This is definitely in my top five Arnold films of all time. Until the Predator is really introduced a little later on the movie, you kind of think it's more of a war movie. The score had Alan Silvartri written all over it. Yep. Yep. All I heard was a rehash of Back to the Future 2 score. I I liked all the characters in the movie and how they had different traits. It was nice to see Apollo Creed and Jesse Ventura play typical badass soldiers. I like the look of the Predator character, and I really dig his heat vision. Do you think that's how he really sees, or is it in his mask? Which they clearly show you that when he has the mask on, it's blue, and when he takes off, it's red, and he can see more when he takes the mask off. Mm-hmm. They show that at the end. Uh, the way they had him camouflage still works, but I know it would make a lot. It would look a, a lot better now. Don't remake this movie. No, 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 no. It works. My favorite line in the movie is still, I ain't got time to bleed, which is true. Uh, It's such a stand up and cheer kind of moment because you know he's going to bleed and that's not a priority for him. And the entire ending where he MacGyvers all his home home alone booby traps never gets old. (laughs) It's true. Uh, This is definitely a very good action movie. And overall, I give it four and a half stars. (laughs) We're, I'm we're, just picturing the Predator getting hit with a paint can <laughs> in the jungle. <laughs> oh, man, it's funny. Uh, Predator 2 was uh, was fine, but you can do without it, of course. Yeah. Uh, however, enjoyed the second sequel, Predators. Again, glad to have you guys back. I'll be watering planes, trains, and automobiles for the first time. Wait, so, did you say watering? Yeah, watering. So I'm going to assume you meant uh, watching. So... <laughs> 
I, I mean, to, to be fair, I mean, he, he's very busy when he's delivering stuff. So he's writing this as he's delivering, you know, so he's got to kind of send things fast. So, hey, you're forgiven on saying watering instead of watching. Of course, how well do we really know him? He might be watering it. He's a freak. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, for the first time. So I'll see. Uh, I'll see and hear from you guys then. Peter the Time Traveler. So, sir, we've gotten Peter to watch a whole lot of old school movies, sir. That's good. That's our job, sir. That's what we're that's what we put on this earth for. <laughs> that's what I was born to do. Oh man, it's crisscross warming up. I'm trying to think of a perfect joke, man. I'm like, that's what I was born to do. Warming up, Chris. I'm about to. <laughs> good times. All right, sir. So let's get into the music spotlight. All right. Here comes the ready and now. All right, sir. So, you know, I was like, there's a lot of new tunes out there, but I was like, you know what? I kind of want to go old school because of the fact we've been having all this fun 80s music talk. And, you know, we had the whole Richard Marks discussion. I'm not playing Richard Marks, by the way, but just go with me here. Uh, That would not fit this episode. Yeah, it would not fit this episode. But I was like, man, you know, I want to play something old school. So I decided since this movie came out in, uh, what was it, 1987, I decided to look up. What were the jams of 1987? Nice. And uh, one of my favorite tunes, which was number 34, this is on the Billboard Top 100, is a tune that I really dig that I think doesn't get a lot of respect, and that's Keep Me Hanging On. You know that tune, sir? Uh, I'm, I'm sure it, I know it's it got, heard it. It's got the crazy video with the girl, with the guy stalking her throughout the video. It's like in a dream. You know, you keep me hanging on. Woo. Oh, okay. All yeah. Yeah. Right. So I don't know, man. I like that jam. I was thinking that that would be cool, but I, I don't know, man. What do you think? Should we pick another song or what do you no, think? No, man, do it. All right. Because you know what? You can't just sing. You can't give the people like four four bars of a song and then say, <laughs> we ain't going to play the rest of it. <laughs> and you know, it kind of fits because the predator just keeps you hanging on before he kills you. So it, Tied it in. Nice job. It works, you know? Just like Wrecking Ball for Indiana Jones, sir. <laughs> I love it. That's what I'm here for. So number 34 of the top 1987 tunes. And, of course, we had uh, Dirty Dancing on there, Michael Jackson. I mean, we had so many songs from other movies. I'm like, oh, no, those aren't going to work for Predator. Mm-hmm. So I decided to go with You Keep Me Hanging On, which I forgot the artist's name. I'm sorry. I, but oh, it's Oh, what's her face? Oh, what's her face? It's phenomenal. So... All right, sir. Um, we are going to be back next week to do yes. planes, trains, and automobiles. Oh, I can't wait. I've been waiting to do this movie for two years, man. It actually really shocked me when you said that you hadn't done it yet. I'd assumed that it was one of your early ones. It just had the feel of one of those you would have done early on. Well, I mean, there's only two Thanksgiving movies, planes, trains, and automobiles, and Dutch. Correct. So, so I'm like, okay, uh, I I have no idea what I did. I should look back at my list for what I did for Thanksgiving. But uh, for Christmas movies, I'm all good there. But for Thanksgiving, yeah, yeah. I think I, I wanted to save this one for the perfect time. And this the day when I came into your life. Exactly. I know. I know. And let's hope you don't have snow next week because if that's the case, we'll have to postpone this sucker. So. No, no, no. Nothing stops the STL from happening. Excellent. So, uh, planes, trains, and automobiles next week. So, get your emails in. And then after that, 
Uh, we'll come back, sir, and I, I don't – whenever we're going to do Indiana Jones 2, I don't know. I guess we'll we'll talk about it, you know. We'll be doing it. Yeah, and for CCP, you haven't yeah. been watching Buffy, sir, have you? No. Okay, cool. Because I don't. I don't. I still have 176 hours to watch. Excellent. I have no idea what we're doing for CCP, so might have to. uh, I don't know. Take a month off, maybe two. (laughs) (laughs) It's called a hiatus. It's cool. It's good times. Writers do it. Exactly. So if you want to write in, write into stlpodcast at gmail dot com. Yes. And if you want to go on Twitter, it's uh, STL Podcast. Make sure you go over and uh, like Jameson's new podcast. And, man, this guy has one episode out and has more Facebook likes than I do. (laughs) This guy sucks. I've been around for two years, and this guy already has more. You clearly have more friends than I do. (laughs) Well, you got to give Jason some credit, too. He's got some friends. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Go check us out, though. Go over to, to Real Films and go on to Twitter, uh, Real Films Cast. And uh, I know that we've, we have been getting a lot of crossover from from the uh, STL Nation, which I love. I'm glad you guys uh, are willing to follow me over there. And uh, I think everyone will enjoy it. And, and like you said at the beginning, I think I think it's cool that you, uh, you know, you got some movies that you want to watch now. Yeah, that's always that's the whole point of any of these. Right. Exactly. Is to talk about to reminisce about movies and to to find movies that, you know, that you've never seen before. That's what I like about the STL game. There's been a few movies that we've done this this new STL game. And I'm like, wow, I've never actually seen that movie. I'm going to go check it out. <laughs> You know, why, cool. why don't you tell the people about the new STL game, sir? Yeah, the new uh, the new game we got uh, going on over there. I think Peter came up with it, if, if, if I'm mm-hmm. correct. Mm-hmm. Um, where it, it's fun, where you know you you name three actors from a movie, and then the next person has to whoever is next just has to name the movie. You name the movie right, you get to name three actors from a different movie, and it's fun. And it's there's been some stumpers, you know, there's been some rough ones there, and <laughs> it's not always the 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 three leads, you know, make it a little tough and uh, yeah, it's fun. I was having fun with it for a while there. I know. I purposely picked easy movies, but picked the actors nobody knew about and instantly it was like guests. I'm like, ah, whatever, I suck. <laughs> <laughs> like, but it's been fun. I did. I got your Beetlejuice, which was cool. And I, I like it. It cracked me up when I saw you posted Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Yeah. It's I'm true. like, what have I done? It's good times. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do a movie nobody knows. Arnold, uh, one ugly mother. Uh, we have Jesse. I ain't got time to believe in her. And then Bill, anytime, Duke. And, yeah, it was more to remind people to email in because I hadn't got any at that point in time. But it, it all it all worked out, sir. So uh, and then uh, don't forget to uh, if you like Kelly Clarkson, I just did a top ten of my favorite Kelly Clarkson tunes. Uh, and then also. Uh, I've been accused of uh, no more secret tunes at the end, but that's what I do for every episode. So those, <laughs> those are usually the ones that don't crack the top 10. They're using my 11 and 12, and I throw in there. It's good times. There you go. So, yeah, go download that. A uh, lot of Underground Hour stuff. It's been fun. And uh, I've, got, I've got to announce something for the end of the year show, sir. Figured I'll tell you now. Um, so, unfortunately. This is breaking news. This is breaking news. You don't even know this yet. Um, last year. Uh, I should say this. Two years ago, I did a top 10 uh, singles of uh, 2011 and then top 10 movies 2011. I did two different episodes. And then last year, 
Uh, I did the top 10 singles of 2012, and then I did a top 10 runner-up. But then my top 10 list I didn't do on STL. I actually did on my friend's podcast. And I told mm-hmm. people, if you want to hear what my favorite movies were of the year, go over there. Well, this year, uh, unfortunately, due to money and just time and this show of watching old school movies, I haven't had a chance to see a whole lot of new stuff. I've maybe seen like 40 or 50 films, if that. So I've decided that uh, I'm more excited for the music this year than I am talking about the movies because unfortunately there's never been there hasn't been a lot of movies I'm blown away by yeah. and, and I'm not a big list guy and I love to hear you and Jason do your top ten and your top ten worst and all that stuff. That's so, Brian that does that with me. Right. Uh, <laughs> so and I changed it up this year to where I wanted to do a top twenty list of 2013 because there's a lot of songs I dig and I and I changed the rules this year. I said that. Any song is eligible as long as it was released in 2013. I said with right. the with the digital age, you can pick any song from any album. It didn't necessarily have to be released to the radio, but if it was, you can add it. Um, I'm going to include my list of my top five. I'm doing a top five films of 2013 in my top 20 singles uh, episode. So if you don't listen to Underground Hour, you're going to have to in order to hear my top five. I can dig it. And uh, I don't have 10 because I don't love 10. I only love five. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm going to pick a lot of fun movies, you know, if you will. But I'm going to throw my movies inside uh, as I'm going through, you know, each single, whatever. Oh, I like it. I'm going to be like, okay, well, number five is this. And then I'm going to do like two or three more songs and I'll get to number four. So essentially, you have to listen to it to hear my full <laughs> top five because I'm just going to randomly throw in. I see what you're doing. You see what I'm saying? So it's like hmm. it, it, number one, it, it gets that episode. So everybody hears what my favorite top 20 songs were of 2013. And if you wanted to really hear what I loved in 2013, you have to listen to an episode. So it's kind of a trick, but it's also I wanted to make it a, a big one episode closing 2013. You know, not do two, but do one big episode. You, you know. are diabolical. So what do you think? You think it's a good idea or you hate that idea? Sounds great to me. Excellent. And and you've been recently catching up on STL, so I'm you're finally caught up, right? <laughs> Thanks to thanks to all the leaves in my front yard, it's given me plenty of time to listen to podcasts as I rake leaves. I love it. You're like, dude, I'm so glad I did do Puppet Master with you after you trashed it. Oh everything. yeah, man, were, were I'm you... listening to it. I was cracking up because I could hear it in your voice <laughs> immediately. It's like, hey, this is Mike Megan. I'm like, oh no, this is not gonna. He does not love this. <laughs> I love it. That's yeah. I'm glad I dodged a bullet on that one. I know. And it's Peter's like, dude, I love that. I love the fact you were ripping on the movie because we very rarely get to hear you rip on something, but I so enjoy it when you're loving a movie better. So, you know, and I was like, I don't even want to spend more time with this than I have to. Hey, at least you're honest, you know? Exactly. I mean, you 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 do always look for the uh, for the good, even in the flaws. Exactly. But you know, if it's bad, it's bad. You know, and you just got to be honest. And you know, you didn't pound away on it. You know, you gave your review and like, let's move on to something else. Exactly. I was like, okay, not a lot of. I was like, let me give my review of you know Chucky. I'm like, a lot of people aren't feeling this movie, so let's see how I feel about it. You know, it's like, but with Puppet Master, I actually re- I actually enjoyed that. I don't mean to, I'm sorry. To no, go ahead. Um, I actually re- enjoyed that review more than the Puppet Master review because you and I do have kind of differing opinions on, on the new Chucky. Yeah. And, uh, you kind of, you kind of, 
I don't want to say you you uh, changed my opinion on it, but you uh, definitely gave me some things to think about with that movie. Awesome. Which you know, which is cool. That's uh, very good. Well, thank you, sir. That's that that's a compliment coming from you, sir. So thank you so much. Good times. As for this STL Nation. Yeah. I think they need to sit down and start hammering out some emails. I want planes, trains, and automobiles to be like overwhelming emails. You mean uh, like Karate Kid style? Yeah, I want it just to keep pouring in and the mailbag's overflowing onto the floor and like we can't keep up with it all. That's what I want because Planes, Series and Automobiles, man, it's this is for me, this kicks off the holidays. This gets me into the holiday spirit. So let's let's do this right. And and nothing kicks off the holiday better than the F bomb forty seven <laughs> times. Hey, that's how minutes. we roll at my house. <laughs> oh, Peter. You're for a treat, sir. This is the greatest use of the F word you will ever see in movie history. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, and I'm gonna we're we're gonna be doing some movie quotes next episode. Oh and, uh, man, we're gonna explicit on this. We're gonna have a lot of beeps going on, sir. <laughs> we're gonna no longer be family friendly when it comes to that episode, sir. That's right. Oh man. So uh, go ahead, sir, and uh, you have another show, I think. Isn't that like movie modern? Modern. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Movie Mojo Monthly, man. That's that's the old standard with Brian and I, and uh, we are going to be recording our new episode soon, talking about, we had a lot of reviews, Ender's Games, Thor, Thor 2, Captain Phillips. We're really excited, and uh, we're both kind of getting excited, too, for our end of the year as we kind of creep up on it for our big top 10, bottom five. And I'm kind of in the same boat as you. You were talking about that. You know, I kind of have my list going through the year, and as I see a movie, I put it on my does it fit a top 10 or a bottom five or is it in the middle? Right. And man, I've got a huge middle ground list, but not much at the top. I hear you, man. You know, I'm hoping that this last two months gives me something to do with. Cause right now I feel like I'm cheating to try and p- put 10 together. I know. That's why I just, I didn't want to, cause I would feel like puppet master. I'd be like, okay, here's my top 10. And I just don't care. Yeah, that's I, it. I mean, it's it's you know ingenuine, you right? Know, to, to try and do that. And because I'm so pumped up for my top 20 singles, because I'm like I'm at 35, and I'm trying to get it down to 20 because this has been an excellent year for music. I figured my enthusiasm for the music will roll over into the movies, and I was like, it just makes perfect sense to combine my top five because I love my top five, flaws and all. It was fun for me. It was the only five that outstood the other 40 I watched. It was like. You know, and they even in my top five, there's still problems with them, but it's still going to be better than if I was to do six through ten. I'd just be like, I don't know, kind of like, eh, whatever. Yeah, I you know? agree. So, good times, man. So, I think that's a wrap, sir. And uh, thank you so much for joining me. I'm glad uh, you've returned, and I'm glad I've returned. So, excellent. You still... Yeah. It was fun to get back together, man. I look forward to to uh, next episode. You were all disappearing on me. Like, where'd you go, sir? <laughs> Sorry, I I moved my soda out of the way. Oh, okay. Well, I got my game fuel over here. So, uh, if anybody wants to buy me a Christmas present, please send me a twelve pack of Game Fuel Mountain Dew, the red kind. It's gonna be going off shelves in a few days. Is so. it really? Uh, dude, it, around what? my neck of the wood, uh, my neck of the woods, it stays on the shelf for two and a half weeks and then it's gone. Seriously, I have. Uh, 14, That's good stuff. I have 14 cases sitting in my kitchen right now. <laughs> I go to stores and I do the, you know, buy buy three for 10.99, whatever. Uh-huh. I go to each store and I buy I buy three every week. Load up. I load up, dude. I am very selfish with my game fuel. It has to last me a year, so pff, screw everybody else. 
That's how I feel. So very good. Good time. Very good. All right, man. Well, uh, that's it. Thank you, guys. I hope you enjoyed the Predator review. We had a lot of fun. It's been, I don't know, man, been a blast. So I will catch you next Tuesday, sir. Yes, sir. And we will kick some uh, rear end kicking off the holidays. So you guys have a good one. Take care. Masunas out.
Oh, are you recording this? No. Damn. You want me to? Yeah. <laughs> Please record it because my oh, I, I would just use your file because mine obviously. I don't. If I'm sounding good and you're sounding good to yourself, I would hope that the. Oh. Mike, I always sound good to myself. <laughs> I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, but you know if you're breaking up, though, right? I mean, you would usually hear it, like when you're like, Mike, you're breaking up, you know? Yeah. So are you are you recording now? Yeah. All right. So let's give it a shot. <laughs> so, oh, this sucks. This feels like we lost the recording. We got to repeat everything. Yeah, that's what it's starting to feel like. <laughs> that great feeling of like, what did I say again? <sighs> so where are we going from? Um, the start? No, 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 no. Um, just talking about. <laughs> you, want to, you want me to talk about what I was just saying? Yeah. All right. Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> All right.